Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I made it over here. Uh, I took a uh, sailboat to get over here. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. And uh, this, I might be sleeping in the Rum Dumb studio tonight if we're getting these tornadoes that we're supposed to get. Whoa, tornadoes? I didn't hear tornadoes. Yeah, there's already a, a tornado warning in a neighboring county on my way over here. <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> Holy cow. This is uh, all right. So tornado warnings. That, that's all right, though, because the Nosebleed Sports Podcast is still going to do their thing. The show must go on. The show right? must go on. That's exactly right, my friend. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. We've got uh, we've got the NBA playoffs are starting. Um, the Reds opening day was just here. Uh, happy Paul Witt Day, by the way. Did you see any of that? Uh, no, Mets Corps officially made today. Or not today. Opening day is now from now on at Mets Corps is Paul Witt Day. Unbelievable. Every single kid had a hanger and was outside. They took pictures of them all. They're all spinning hangers. Oh. It was the coolest thing. I'll show you all the pictures afterwards. Oh Big shout God. out to Mike Metz and Metz Corps. M-E-T-Z-C-O-R. Guys, check it out. Uh, what they do is God's work. It's unbelievable. I so, want to go there next year for that. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing when I saw it. Actually, I had a buddy who showed it to me from Facebook. I don't have, I don't get on and see any of that stuff. So he sent it to me and uh, I had never seen it. So, so cool. it was pretty cool. Um, all right. So we've got that. We've got Reds opening day with some Phil Castellini stuff. We want to talk about Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna Jr. Kind of a, a get back and forth. Not really. We, we talk about that a little bit. But before we get into it, the biggest thing that happened this weekend, Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters. Did you did you watch any of the Masters, Mr. Schmidt? Uh, I didn't get to see much, but I saw little bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. And I think it was I think it was Friday night. I got home and I turned it on for a few minutes just in time to see Dustin Johnson finish. Um and uh, so there's a guy at work that has always thought I look just like Dustin Johnson. Yeah, you got a little little DJ, you just a so? little DJ. More, you got more of the uh, Rogers thing going, I think. But but you got a little DJ in you. So he always, he only calls me DJ. Does he? he? Only calls me every single time he sees me, and uh, every time he sees me, he makes reference to uh, Dustin Johnson's wife, who is a wonderfully gorgeous woman. Yeah, it's uh, Wayne Gretzky's daughter. That's right. That's right. Uh, like. Supermodel, beautiful. So, uh, and and so I saw him finish, and the camera stayed on him as he walked off the course toward the clubhouse, I guess. And he's walking through the crowd, and you know they have it divided off, so he's walking through like a, a lane or whatever. But he's giving people fives and stuff like that. And these grown men are like reaching out to give yeah to another grown another man. grown man's hand. Um, so, <laughs> and like the look on their faces, yeah. some of them like okay. Uh, anyway, but <laughs> I get it. Uh. But anyway, so he get and then in the frame he walks in and in the frame is his wife. I'm like, oh, okay, now I see why he references. It. Yes, <laughs> it's like exactly. Every time the guy, yep, the guy work talks to me about it. But anyway, uh, that I saw that, and then uh, just going for you know lunch or dinner here and there over the weekend. You know, I, I saw it on TVs being played. So yeah, so he went into the day with a seven-stroke lead, something like that, a pretty good lead. Scotty Scheffler did. DJ made a good run. Um, uh, fell up short. He ended up plus one for the day. There was only, what is it? Two, six, it was only nine golfers 
that were in the red that scored in the red. Scheffler finished 10 under. Rory McIlroy, my man, the uh, the 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 Irishman, the from Ireland. He uh, he will he goes eight under on Sunday to make it, and he shot a seven. He shot seven under for the for the tournament. He was plus one going into the day. Shot eight under on Sunday, blew everybody out of the water for that day. Scheffler though ended ten under, should have been better. He had a I don't know. Did you see the way it ended? Old boy had a little bit of shaky nerves going down. It's a good thing he had the lead he did because he misses his par putt. And no big deal. Two or maybe it was birdie. Either way, miss misses that, and he's got about a three-footer left, two-footer. Nice, easy, basic tap-in for these fellas. <laughs> and he pulls it. And then everybody in the gallery starts laughing because he had a four-stroke lead. So he he could have five-putted it and been fine. And he's just giggling and everybody's laughing. It's like you calm down, step over top, put it in. And uh congratulations, Scotty Scheffler. 45 days, 45 days it took him from winning his first tournament to becoming number one in the world. Wow. Tiger Woods was the fastest before that, 200 and some days. Oh my so God. So this dude, he's won four out of his last five tournaments. He's about as on fire as you can get right now. Uh, he's only 24, 25 years old. He is a, uh, he, this, this guy, he's doing tiger esque things right now. And it's really impressive. Um, and I know you're getting to it, but the only thing I saw, I saw a tiger look, look like he had a pretty good first day. Uh, one under, I think on the first yeah, day, he did really well. And then I didn't really get to see after that. Um, but I assume he, he, I don't, it, it, if he would have stayed there, I feel like I would have heard about it. He, he finished uh 47th overall plus 13, he shot a six over on uh, Friday, and I want to say it was pretty close to the same on on Saturday. But yeah, uh, he he was one under on Friday, or, or even something like that. Plus one, I don't know, but he he was basically right in that area. Still the same uh, on Friday. Made the cut. Pretty just just the fact that he made the cut one year after having his leg held on by a shoestring. It's pretty daggone impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens when he he can't bend over to read a putt. He's uh, it's bad. He looks incredibly in in a whole lot of pain oh. when he tries to bend over. But I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, he can only, he's only going to feel better from where he is now. He's, he'll never be 100, percent never be that. But he's still got maybe, you know, he's 46 years old. What has he got? Another eight years, maybe that uh, all he needs is a couple magical weekends. He's tied for the most ever wins. In PGA history. You know, that was the one thing that I heard over the weekend, the fact that he's 46 years old. And that just kind of hit me when I heard that. I'm like, Tiger Woods is 46. Yeah. I mean, it sounded when I heard it in the, in the moment, it just sounded old to me Yeah, because it just, I just didn't think of him as being 46 years old, but I guess, I mean, it, that, that does. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. I mean, so Jack Nicholas won his last major at 46 and he looked old like you go back and watch when he won the masters i think that was the last one was the mat is he won the, won the masters he was 46 and you're like oh that was back when 46 year olds <clears> exactly this the time. dude this dude right now looks like he's still he could if he could possibly stay healthy i mean with his back and his leg and everything else he's got going on you know i he, the fact that he wanted to come out and play means that i think he's going to be out and i, I think tiger's going to compete at some point in time this year tiger will compete and I'm I'm really excited to see it. So he made the cut 
he made the cut after being half dead. Yeah, that's that's uh, that is impressive. It really is impressive. Anyway, I just wanted to throw you off. We didn't talk about talking about the Masters, but I just wanted to see if you watched it. It's okay. Congratulations, to Scott uh, I picked Justin Thomas to win it all. Uh, he came out. He, he played pretty well on Sunday. He made a little bit of a run at it. But the cool thing about Justin Thomas is what I love. There's a few of these young guys: Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler. That all kind of hang out together, and uh, you know their wives carry their bags for them at the during the par three challenge and all that stuff. And and they, it's a little tight knit group. Well, Scheffler's about that same age. And when Scheffler walked, when Scheffler got done, he made his little walk all the way in. His girlfriend was cracking me up with her. She was bawling her eyes out the whole time they're walking. Mm-hmm. But anyway, speaking of girlfriends, Justin and his wife are at the end. And they were the only golfer that I saw right at the clubhouse waiting for him. They were both waiting there for him. He shook his hand, told him congratulations, way to go. It's his first major. You know, it's uh, it big time. And that's that's what I – there's so many of these young golfers – the sport is in good hands. We'll just put it that way. Tiger is always going to be the draw, but the sport's in good hands, dude. I really like this Justin Thomas kid, and I wish he could have. I wish he could have pulled it out. He ended up. Uh, I think he ended up in the top ten, didn't he? Maybe not. Uh, let's see. Where's Thomas? Yeah, yeah, tied for eighth. So he was okay. he was one under. He had a he had a pretty good. He shot even even par on the day. So before you put that down, uh, my pick when we talked about it last week was yeah. Lee, Lee Trevino. Did yeah, he, Trevino. Let's see. Uh, we uh they didn't pull anybody out of caskets. So I think <laughs> <Okay>. we're good. <laughs> Did I just kill Lee Trevino? Is he dead? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, let's find out <laughs> while we while we get ready to, to think about the next. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> I only picked you because you were in Sports Illustrated for kids more than anybody else, I think, when I was eight. Yep, and he's still alive. So good for him. He's 82 years old. Way to go, Lee. So you did kill Lee Trevino. I, I just <laughs> killed Lee Trevino. I apologize. <laughs> uh condolences to the Trevino family. Uh, I didn't mean to be that guy. RIP. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, there's the golf segment for the day. Congratulations uh, to Scotty Scheffler. Probably for the year. You don't. Well, I don't know if Tiger does something. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. We'll talk if about Tiger any, does something. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about every golf tournament if you want to. No, we'll talk about the majors. We can talk about the majors, right? Can we yeah. talk, let's do that. We'll talk about the majors. I want to know what you think when you watch the majors. Yeah. I want to say, what do you? I would like to just sit down on a Sunday with Adam Schmidt in front of the TV and watch golf. I'll watch some golf with you. Yeah? Sure. Well, here's the deal. You ain't going to watch it with me because I fall asleep on Sundays when I'm watching <laughs> golf. That's the best way to take a nap. That's a good Everybody nap. whispers real quiet. The coolest thing is you go to sleep, and they're out there on the golf course, and it's green and beautiful. And when you wake up, boom, it's like you didn't miss anything. They're still in the same – there's somebody playing the same hole, and it's all, it's all good. You take a three-hour nap and be right in the middle of that – so a few things I've heard is they paint the grass. So who told you that? I uh, saw something online. There was a guy that posted like a video of like four facts or something that people don't know. About. So real quick on that, I was actually just talking about this this weekend because I was over at a uh, 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 family member and, and friend's house uh, watching Sunday at the Masters. And I was telling him this story, too. My dad used to work with a guy who was a groundskeeper for uh some golf course around here somewhere. I don't know which one it was, but he would go to Augusta every year. Cause they get a bunch of, you know, groundskeepers. They need, you know, so you gotta have a ton of help. You got all these patrons walking all over the place, you know, trampling everywhere. Sure. This guy's job was he had a can of green spray paint. So you got to remember. So the greens are Bermuda grass. So Bermuda grass is that dormant. It's like you ever seen people, it's real thick, but you see out in people's yards, like when they have, it looks like their grass is yellow and everyone else's 
is green. Well, it's dormant up until like summertime. So then it turns a real bright, luscious, thick green, but it looks kind of yellow. So yeah, his job was he had a little thing in his ear. And when they said the camera was gone, boom, he'd run out there and hit a spot, hit a little, get a little green spray paint and uh, hit a spot on the green. And then uh, I can't try again. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I heard that. I heard that they, uh, and I've heard this one before, that they pipe uh, bird sounds into the broadcast to, to make it sound a little more nature yeah, That's and, cool. I didn't know that, but I believe it because they're very prominent yeah. in the yeah. broadcast. Right. Uh, and then there was one other thing, and I can't, I can't remember it now, but that was kind of interesting. I, I, I don't know that I knew the painting the grass thing. And then I was looking, they were showing like pictures or videos of the grass there. I'm like, yeah, I can see that being, that looks too perfect. Yeah, they could, <laughs> well, the greens, they could have done a better job. Some of them, no. yeah, you could see the spottiness in the greens, but everything else, that's the only place where, that's where that grass is. So, but anyway, that's, so, so that's our golf segment. There's the golf segment. There you go. Going I also, do, you know what else I've heard about the Masters? What's that? Uh, last year's a big thing. Guy was guy tweeted out. He said he's never seen a squirrel at Augusta National. <laughs> really? That's what he. Yep. And and then all these people started chiming in. They're like, "I'm here right now. No squirrels. Haven't seen a squirrel all day." You think they set traps all over the place or something like I that? Don't know. I mean, they, well, the squirrels are mean, man. They have Bill Murray uh, taking care yeah, of a little ground little groundhog day thing or groundhog killing. No, well, he blew him up. Yeah, there's no <laughs> trapping. Right, <laughs> he just blew him up. So thank you, Bill Murray. All right, we can be done now. We can. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. So something that we need to talk about is we. You mentioned it was opening day just recently, uh, and and first of all, before we even get to Phil Castellini, let me ask you. So one of the things, one of the traditions in baseball is that the Reds, because they were the first official Major League Baseball team. Uh, they play at home every year on opening day. Right. First game of the year. Yep. That didn't happen this year because of the the, the lockout. Way, the way the lockout yeah. went. Yeah. And the way they, they started the season. So they had to restructure the schedule a little bit. So they started in Atlanta and then they played four in Atlanta and then they came home for two against to, to start the home stretch against the almost said it, the guard, the guardians. Um, did it feel like opening day to you the other day when they played their first home game? I was in West Virginia. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't do anything. I mean, it seemed like every. it seemed like there was a crowd there for the huge crowd. I mean, they had, they sold out the game. It, there was a crowd there for the, for the um, parade. It looked like it. Yeah. It looked like it felt like opening day to everybody that was there. It, it's not something we would be excited about all the time, but I think this is the first time since 1990, isn't it? Uh, maybe they started in Houston. I think that year. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so maybe for me, I was like, this is an opening, opening day. It's not, but this is what every other team has to deal with. I guess so. most of the time their opening day is after the season starts. Some people go on two on, on, you know, it might be a week and a half later. They get back from a, from a, road stand before they get their opening day it's no big deal you never have to worry about it again so i'll tell you i i am interested in opening day less every year i, I hate to really hate to say that but is it because of the team no it, it's because you know opening day honestly is is can be 
amateur hour-ish. It's, it's, there's a lot of people there that are there for the event of it, the festivities, the, you know, the party. And, and then the rest that might be the only game they go to the whole year or it's, you know, it's just kind of, it's just this big social thing. So, and and I'm not, I go to Reds games because I, I like baseball and I want to watch the Reds. So that doesn't matter to me. And it actually keeps me away the more crowded games i kind of yeah especially early in unless the it's a playoff game or something like right. that but yeah. of course yeah um and and i'll go i, I want to go and watch when luis castillo is facing clayton kershaw or so that's that's what we what we've always done me and dad have always you know we're you know we will we don't buy tickets at the beginning of the year we wait and go oh hey maddox is going to be pitching this weekend or maddox is going to be pitching on thursday let's make sure we get you know you see it two weeks in advance you can see how the rotation's filling out and boom you jump on it that's how we always used to get games is is think like you said think about who the pitching who's coming in to pitch nolan ryan when nolan ryan would pitch we we would you know it only happened like twice i think that i that it ever happened but something like that or or like uh like you said kershaw or bumgarner or any any Big name. Oh, Randy Johnson was a big one. I remember always one. Dad always wanted to go see Randy Johnson with the Diamondbacks. Yep. So, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, but anyway, I you know because of the crowd and and the way it's you know and then it's it's a massive party outside. Especially now they have the uh, the surrounding area. They basically block off. Yep. The door. All the bars. Yeah. They have the door thing. So, a lot of people are also coming in, and, and this was definitely from experience working there too for three years. You know more more problems <laughs> from people you know being a little overserved maybe coming into the game and then continuing that at the game just way more people the big party of it i'm not crazy about and then for like in this case it's not the first game of the year it's not opening day to me so right. um I, mostly for that and then a lot of times it's the weather's not very good <laughs> during opening day I, more and more Every year, I wait until late May, June, and then even in July and August. Sometimes I'm like too hot, waiting for the waiting yep. for September. Dude, those <laughs> games, those games are blistering. Yeah, you get a you get a Saturday four o'clock game or oh. something like that. Oh my god, who you go you 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 better bring some suntan lotion. That's right, you gotta bring suntan lotion. I'm gonna be my I'm gonna I'm gonna get up and there's gonna be a pool on my seat and the whole back yep. of my pants is gonna be Soaking all wet. soaked through. Yep. And that's, I, I, I hate that, but anyway, I don't know, for some reason, I'm just, I'm just kind of losing the, 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 whatever the fun of opening day was at some point. I, I'm just like, yeah. I still love it. I still love it. Yeah. I, I I'm you're just not, a grumpy old man. Dude. I guess I, I, I'm not interested in the parade. Honestly. I, I mean, see, I still got the kids that I would, I didn't, we didn't take them this year, but I, that is something that we did along before they all got into school. You know, we would do it every year, take the kids down and do stuff like that. So, you know, that is something that I, that is a part that, that the kids love. And I think that's, I if, think that's really cool. If I had kids, I think I would, I would definitely do that, yeah, but that's all about the kids, man. That, that whole parade thing is about the kids. That's, I wouldn't expect you to be excited about a parade. <laughs> I've seen more. And if I'm going to be excited about any parade, it's that a, a Reds themed parade is the yeah. only parade I could possibly care about. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I just don't care about any parades anymore. Anyway. The Reds started out in Atlanta against the defending champs, split with them, uh, better than you'd expect, maybe, I guess. Yep. Um, but and then they came home and on opening day, 
lost that one, lost the next one. Your so, boy, your boy with the big grand slam in the ninth inning. My boy Jose Ramirez. I love Jose Ramirez. He's yeah, he's I know how much you super, like him too. He's super. Um anyway, not off to a great start. Not that anybody expected. No. Uh, you know, it's it's not, and that's the thing. If you're a Reds fan, what'd they do today? They lost. They lost today. So they got swept by the Guardians. Yeah. Have you seen this kid for the Guardians? Is it Wong or something like that? Oh. He's a rookie. I don't uh, know if it happened today. I have to look it look it up. But it did. Uh, well, up until yesterday, five games. This dude went five games without swinging and missing. Every time he swung, he made contact. So I think he got his. And not only did he swing, but I think he got his first strikeout since I think they said in AAA last August or September. Or oh wow. Like that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of his he, name. I think you were. I think it's Wong. Yeah. yeah. Quan. 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 Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the, the Guardians, they, they did their thing. But I think this team's going to be fine. Uh, Lodolo pitched today. Hunter Green got to pitch. Um, uh, Castillo's still pitching for this team. We're getting to see some young players. And Phil Castellini had a little something to say about the young players coming up. And, and how mu- how important it is for this team. On opening day, he was talking about how important it is now for this team to grow from to grow their young players and to to um, take advantage of the of the years when they have control of these players before arbitration is over and they can uh, go into free agency. Yeah, and the the spotlight is on these younger guys right now because the Reds got a lot younger because they got rid of some guys and, and trimmed payroll and all that kind of stuff. It, it's in, in Cincinnati. If you're in or around Cincinnati or you're a Reds fan from anywhere else we have, we know Reds fans in LA. Um, you, a lot of people have been up in arms. A lot of Reds fans have been unhappy with all the, there was a week where they had three days of trades and they got rid of a lot of guys that a lot of fans liked and that were a pretty, pretty key part of the core here. Jesse Winker and a Eugenio Suarez and, uh, and uh, Amir Garrett, who not, not necessarily part of the big core, but uh, Tucker Barnhart, who's been one of the best defensive catchers, who's won a couple of gold gloves. Guys that fans love and who have been productive players and they traded them away and got really young guys in return. And they're, they're basically kind of returning the payroll back to where it was three, four, five years ago before they, they did make some, some big moves in the last couple of years to try to bolster that, bolster the, the roster and make a run. And I mean, they made the playoffs, but that was the, that they lost. Um, so, so, so let's talk about then the big, the big controversy that came out of that whole thing. So because they made all these moves and right, you know, there's, there's, there's talk now about them and the A's were the two teams that as soon as the lockout got over, they just got rid of. And, and that was part of the thing is they were trying to figure out an even better way to uh, prevent teams from tanking. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but then and through all that, after all that, two teams trimmed all of their, not all of them, but they, yeah, a, a big lot. part of their, a big part of their payroll off. So yes. So Reds fans have been angry. About they also that. went out and made some moves though. Too. I mean, they put, they, they, did. they, they paid were, Tommy fan. They were confusing they because Meyer. of the traction they started going anyway. 
Uh, and then they tried to tell uh, everybody, well, but yeah, but look, we're all, we're still trying to, we're, we're still trying to be competitive here anyway. So Phil Castellini, president and COO of the Reds, son of the owner, Bob Castellini was interviewed uh, before the game, before opening day um, the other day. And he was asked, so why should Reds fans and, and, you know, I think the Castellinis took over in 06. There have been 15. Was it fi- no. No. It was 05. 06? 05 08. or 06. 05. 05 okay. or 06, I think. Um, there it's have been, been 50. It's been 15 years. That's yeah, what it was. That makes 15 years. So there have been, I think it's three or four winning seasons mm-hmm. in those 15 years. Something like that. Two and nine in the playoffs. Two and nine in the playoffs. Um, and they've made the playoffs, what, Three times, three times, four times, yeah. three times. So that's everybody's. That's not good enough for anybody. Um, he was asked why Reds fans should stay engaged with the team, right? Yep. Um, why? And, why they should be answer. excited? His answer was, and I talked so long trying to set that. Up. <laughs> no, so his answer um, was, "Well, where are you going to go?" Uh, <laughs> that was the biggest thing. So, where are you going to go? What? Where are you going to go? Sell the team to who? That's the other thing. You want to? You want to have this debate? Uh, what would you do? What would you do with this team to have it more profitable? Make more money? Compete more in the current economic system that this game exists? It would be to pick up and move it somewhere else. So he said that he talked about this being a small market. He, he used the word "this market," market, market, market. Many times we're the third smallest market, but now we're the 16th payroll or something like that. We were the 16th pay, highest payroll somewhere in that he was talking about. He was making a big point about that stuff. Let me let me explain something to you here, Phil. Okay, because Phil took a lot of slack for this. And then he went and had a couple of chances to apologize and kind of halfway apologized for what he said. It wasn't full apologies. It was it was a kind of one of the, when somebody says, I'm sorry, but that's what it felt like. Mm. Let me just say this. The third from the bottom uh, when it came to um, payroll two years ago was the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. They went to the World Series. They're still really good. So I don't, I, the, the, it, it can still be done, right? Sure. You, it can still be done if you're in a small market, right? Uh, the small market thing. You're getting a you're getting a lot of money. You're getting a ton of money. I don't act like you're not making money. The, you know what I mean? Like, well, we lost, he said they lost $40 million uh during the or 20, 27 million dollars. He said they lost 27 million dollars during the the no seat, the no fans when no fans were there. Mm. You made more than made that up in the new in the new uh TV agreement and the collective bargaining agreement, not collective bargaining, but the the new uh TV deal and how the money gets dispersed through all the teams. You made way more than that back in there. I'm just I, that those are the things that they don't they I I get it. You want to win. I know you want to win just like we want to win. We all but but don't start talking to us about payroll stuff and, and being a small market. We've been hearing that forever. But now a lot of those numbers are out in the open and people are seeing those numbers. It's harder to use that small market as, you know, what kind of, we don't have this many fans and the revenue that we're bringing in is none, you know, 
man, the revenue you bring in because of a baseball game has almost nothing to do with your payroll. Now, the TV deal, every way, every way that they bring revenue in, we're, we have to talk about compared to the rest of the league because that's where your that's where the market matters, right? Sure. It, it, or your payroll or whatever, but it's it's compared to everybody else. So if everybody else's TV deal is about the same or better, and it's and it's obviously in some markets it's going to be way better, um, you're still not going. You can make money. You can you can show that you've made money, but. In, in relation to everybody else, you still might be near the bottom. You, you still they, are. No, 100%. They still will be. But there's still money to be spent is all I'm saying. Is, it's, is you can spend money or you can do a better job with the money that you do spend. And I think that's the biggest thing. So, okay. So, but you can agree that if you're still among the lower end uh, of, of what you're making, even if you are turning a profit, then you're you're not going to be able to compete for good the best players in no. agency and that kind. No, of thing. we we just had this conversation with Bobby Nightingale Jr. No, I selling the team is stupid. They talk about selling the team because that's what's going to happen. They're going to leave if they sell the team. To, to find another Cincinnati group that's going to be able to pay these guys billions of dollars to stay. That's not going to happen. Keep the team. I, I hope they keep it forever. Mm-hmm. Keep it forever. But but use your money wisely. Right. We, we had this conversation. I said, why, why are Cincinnati fans surprised that we didn't sign Castellanos? Why are they surprised that we didn't sign Winker to these big deals? Multiple things to that with, you know, Winker really only had one great year. I mean, and as a good as a hitter, I mean, he only in, but he demanded a lot of money because it was a free agent year. Castellanos was, you know, had had two really good years with us and a couple average years before that. But he had it's that 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 free agent year, right? I'm okay with getting rid of that. Let's move somebody up that, that can do something what he did as an average as you know when we signed him, just being that average guy or a little bit better. I got no problem with that. That's how the Reds are going to be forever. But do a better job of 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 developing your minor league. We were the 27th or something like that minor league system like four or five years ago. I know it's better now. I know we're in the top oh, yeah. 10 now, but but I mean, uh, there for a while we were towards the bottom. And sure. I know that you tried to, they tried to pay a bunch of guys. I've always been fine with people, with not paying people. I've always been fine with it. Sometimes we hold on to people too long, Billy Hamilton. It's okay to get rid of guys as long as we're bringing in, developing and bringing in. Look at the A's. I would love to be an A's fan. Yeah. They are constantly turning that roster over and constantly sending those players everywhere else. And if you want to get one guy like a Joey Votto, if you, I mean, it's a lot of your, I mean, it it hurt the Reds for a long time doing that. I love the fact that Joey Votto is a Red for his whole career. It's amazing. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And it's, you know, that's awesome. But the way baseball works now, everybody's just got to get used to that. There's going to be new people here all the time. I agree with you. And, but that's why I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm not nearly as upset about what, Anything Phil Castellini. It's the said, way he said it. It's no, it's the I, it's the, I, the where else are you or what else are you gonna do? What else are they gonna do? That's the and I listened to the did you listen to him? Did you listen to I, the actual I just read the transcript? Oh, uh, it was I mean it, he said, Well, well, well where else are you gonna go? Yeah. And Mo Egger started laughing after these after he answered it. Mo was laughing and, and they were all kind of like, 
it was an awkward laugh, but he, he was basically saying, okay, Reds fans, put your money where your mouth is. You don't like it. Don't show up. What else are you going to do? You're going to not root for the Reds. You're not, you're not going to do that. He basically called Reds fans out and that is what pissed everybody off. I, and that's maybe the part that I don't blame them for. Honestly, that's the thing you make a decision. If you're so mad that, that they got rid of your favorite players or whatever, or they can't, they can't afford to, to pay who you want to see here. If you're going to be mad about that all the time, or you're going to be mad that, that they haven't won a world series since 1990, then, then fine. Yeah, that's don't. not the way to go about it. If you want to keep, if you want to keep those people there, sure. you answer that differently. You say, listen, I it, it's, it, here's, here's what we're doing. And you explain what we're doing. He made, he, during that whole interview, he explained it's 13 minutes long. It's a 13 minute segment of, you know, 15 minute radio segment. It's 13 minutes long. And he explained how Nick, what's his name? Uh, Crawl. Nick Crawl, he's like, his, his job now, we've made it very clear to him, his job is to develop from below. We are going to develop and we are going to bring people in. We'll sign guys when we need to, <clears throat> but our main focus is going to be, he said, kept saying Nick, or Nick's focus. We've told Nick, this is his focus. It's always kind of been that anyway. Uh, I mean, like I said, their, their, their farm system just a, three, four, five years ago was one of the worst in baseball, but that's going to ebb and flow. And it, when there are years that you're in contention, that's what you're making. You're making moves and given getting rid of, you know, your your seventh and ninth and third and fourth best best guys. Then yes, your your system's going to drop way down in those years because you're trying to then pull you make, Nick then, Castellanos in the middle of the year. Then you need like to that. start making the right moves to where you because because I that, that and I know how easy it is to that's say that. Everybody. Everybody's Everybody trying to, to do that. Well, yeah, but it's, no, Tampa not everybody. Bay's great at it. Oakland's great at that's it. That's what I'm saying. But, so, but then that's what I'm saying. There are that's what Reds fans want. That's what we. That's what I think they should want. Of course, they should strive to be Tampa Bay or Oakland. That's what they should strive to be. I th I think they are. It's it's just it's not. Everybody, Oakland even, Oakland and Tampa Bay are in the playoffs every other year. Sure, I mean not all the time. They have big droughts too, but I'm not that big. They have, I mean, they, they might have a year have where they're down, or maybe two years in yeah. a row where they're down, but it's not more than that. They lately, turn it around. Lately, Tampa Bay has been really good. Oakland's been up and down throughout the years. But, and, and yeah, anytime they're good, you're like, okay, they, they make, they have the least, they have the lowest payroll or the second lowest. And payroll. they still have an amazing farm system when they make it into the playoffs. I'm sure you usually, I'm sure. There's and that's great. They have maybe they just have the right people or they just have the right formula or, or whatever. But 20 other teams are trying to do the same thing and aren't aren't as good at it. 25 other teams or something. Right. I, I mean, there's no, those two 100%. and probably a few others that but are there's really no good. reason that Reds fans can't can't. We can't demand not demand, but 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 want and expect that that's what i want and expect is that that's the blueprint i want of course but you can't expect it to happen just because you want it. i mean it's it's way harder if that's what he right. says he's going to do then that's i'm saying starting now he said this is their new thing they're going to they've they've tried different things over the past 15 years they've tried different ways they've, they've signed free agents they've brought people in they've done different stuff this is what he's they're focusing they're they're what they're doing starting now is focusing on that, bringing, you know, developing in their minor league system and bringing them up. All right. So from here on out, I expect you to be a blueprint of those two teams. Okay.
And uh, but if it doesn't work out as great as it has then, for them, then Nick Cross got to go and find somebody else. It's going to be on him. I put it on him. This is that's what his job is: is to is to find the talent, <clears throat> get them, get the right people in our minor league system to teach the talent and to develop the talent, and then bring them up. That's his job: is to hire those people. And if it's not happening, then see you later, Nick. Find somebody else to come in and be a GM that can do that. How long is uh, – see, that's the thing. I, I feel like that's been every GM's job for as long as at least the cast – for as long as the Reds have been I, at the Reds. I don't know that they're ever – I don't know that I've ever heard the focus on it being as much as it is right now. Obviously, you always want to develop people from below. That's, a, that's something you're always trying to do. But if – but it's not it, – it, it's never been – I've never heard an owner talk about it the way Phil Castellini did in this interview about that about how much of a change in focus this is. Okay. He basically said it multiple times. That we, we are changing our focus and ma- making it into developing our farm system. Okay. I, I was under the impression they were already trying to do that. Apparently not as hard as he thinks – uh, as hard as he's going to be doing it. Um, okay. Because they did sign a bunch of guys. It was you, you, you. There, there are some teams that use that farm system to to bring in free agents. So they're drafting people, and you know, guys are coming up. They're not focusing super hard on that because they're looking at free agents. Who do I got? Who can I get rid of it from my farm system to pick up this free agent to get me into the playoffs or blah blah blah. They, I think that's the different look. Whereas you're saying, okay, we're not even going to go after free agents. Like when it comes, we'll do it. If we have to fill a spot on the roster, cause there's a guy that's not ready in that position. That's, but, the, that's the thing is I'm, I'm, I feel like, especially now at this point, Reds fans are not going to be patient because if you're doing that, if it's going to be, it's going to be a long, if you yeah. can for, if you're like, forget about signing any free agents, which, that's why I'm, I'm I'm like, have we ever expected them to sign a big free agent? That's going to make a not big, big free agent. No, I mean you're signing Johnny Gomes type guys all the time, and then some, sometimes they work out great. But uh, but when they work out great, it's that they play uh, a little better than the back of their baseball card. Nick Castellanos, perfect they, example. Well, yeah, he he had a, a really good year. The, the the Cubs the year before got him, I think, in the middle of the year from and Detroit. He was lights out, yeah, and he had. I think enough, enough heat in Detroit that I think they were interested in him because he was starting to he, he was starting to look like a pretty good player, and I th- I feel like that's the way Jesse Winker is now. I feel like he was he was this this big prospect and then he worked his way up and worked his way up and he's gotten better every year and he, I think he was hurt a couple years ago or whatever and then he got his chance to to play more last year and that and and he was like he had a, a year or two under his belt seeing minor league pitching, hit way better. Now he's probably one of the better up and coming hitters in, in the game, right? Sure. Anyway, if if that's the way it's going to be, if you're just concentrating on developing guys, then you're going to it's going to be a while. And if if you don't have three or four guys work out at the same time, you know how hard it is. Well, that's where they're at right now. No, that's the whole thing of where they're at right now, right? You've got Tyler Stevenson, you've got Nick Lodolo, you've got Hunter Green, you've got uh, the Jonathan kid from India. Seattle, Jonathan India. What's the kid from Seattle's name uh, that we just picked up in in from Seattle in the trade to, for Suarez and all that? Uh, that young uh, is, he, is he not on the team yet? You mean or or 
can't remember his name. Anyway, it's another young guy. I can't think of his name. Another young guy. You've got that. You've got a four or five right there. Boom. Here you go. Here's that. This is the chance. We're in one of those times right now. We've got Jonathan India. We've got Tyler Stevenson. We've got uh, uh, on it. Whoever that third baseman's name is with the big beard. Oh, Drew. DH, DH, Drew. Oh. Yeah, Drew. The big, the DH the guy who played DH the other day. Young, young, young guy. Uh, and you've got Lodolo and you've got Hunter Green in here. This is it. You've got a five, you got a four-year window with that five core of five guys. And anything else you can bring around them, this is where you get that Johnny Gomes or hope fam actually hits a ball and, and gets a hit because he's starting to look like Cabrera or that came for the Reds last year. This is They've got it right now. They're there. They've got that. They've they've done a good job of getting young, developed talent and got them to to the major league level. They're there. So right now we're in a good spot. I re- that's why I really think this Reds team is going to be better than what everybody you know. They're not going to win sixty games. They're going to win 70, 75, maybe eighty. Next year they could be even better. But, but, what does our farm system look like now that Lodolo and Green? in India and Stevenson are on the major league roster. Well, I mean, you, you did pick up two or three guys in those trades that are going to be that 18 year old kid that throws hundred miles an hour or whatever already. I forget his name, but you know, but that's going to be four more years before you see him, maybe three more years or whatever. Sure. And that's the thing. As long as you keep doing it that way, you're going to maybe, maybe this is a core, but you have no idea. They, How can you not think this is a core? Just take out the Drury kid. And just say India, Stevenson, Lodolo, and Green, all of them have proven that they are ready and they are here right now, ready to play. But they're but they've proven that they're good enough to start playing major league baseball. They have Jonathan proven- India just won rookie of the year. He did, sure. And, and Tyler Stevenson, Stevenson was not far behind him. Oh, he was good. sure. That's so far we've got one year. All right. And and Stevenson was a part-time player. We got one year for those guys. Hunter Green, I'm really excited. That's I'm most excited about this season to see Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo pitch all year long. And I hope I hope they both get to stay in the lineup because Luis Castillo is going to come back, and Minor. apparently tomorrow they're doing this whole they're trying the Tampa Bay thing. They're going to have Luis Sessa start. I don't know if you've heard this. He's going to be a he's going to be a uh, whatever they call it a you know a, a, not a starter but whatever. Come in and throw two innings yeah. and then bring your starter. So they're going to try that. Um, so they're trying different things, and that's good. That's fine. But this isn't the year. This is, I'm not saying they're going to go compete this year. Okay. I'm saying this is the core. They're in Major League Baseball now. That This four, mm-hmm. five, this is your core. You've got three, four, five years with that core on this team. This is that moment in time, right? And it's going to happen every three to four years where we're going to move guys. And then hopefully, the I don't know what we have in our farm system now, but there's some people coming in. So when they're at the end of arbitration, we've got a couple rookies coming in get to play with them it's what see it's what it's what oakland does constantly it's mm-hmm. what tampa bay does constantly mm-hmm. yeah it, it's just i just hope people don't over expect because it's really 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 hard to do that and be good at it all the time those two teams especially tampa bay lately have been really good at it it, it that it that's not going to last there I'm telling you, in Tampa Bay and in it's Oakland, lasted since so 20 years since Longoria and all of them were doing it. It's the same group doing it, and they've been, yeah, they have years off, but they've been do- developing the same way ever since then. Sure, 
but it's it, it's up and down. It's not like I'm not, for, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm not saying the Reds are going to be great for the next 20 years. They're going to have down years because of the way you have to do this. So so here's the thing. So for me, I feel like Reds fans gloss over 2010, 12, 13, uh, two years ago when they when they were good enough to make the playoffs. And a couple like two years, two years ago, ago, sure, it was the first uh, time they had the extra team or whatever. And they were that was not a that good of a team, and it was a shortened series, and that it didn't seem like that great of a team. I I don't know. They were. Uh, it seemed like they they were good enough to possibly win that series, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I hear too often that they they haven't won anything since 1990. No, that's wrong. They've had some good years. Sure, I would love for them to be to be a 75, 80 win team every year or most years. They're not. They've finished 20 games under a lot of years, but. So have a lot of other. It's really, really hard That's, to be good I, all the time. I know it, is. and I feel like a lot of Reds fans just don't care. They're just like, if we aren't winning, if we are not winning playoff series and World Series, I'm done with the ownership. I'm done with the GM. Well, I'm done just, with this. That's dumb. It feels like that's that's, that's what people well, are saying. Th- I mean, you're not the Yankees. You're not the Red Sox. You're not that's the Dodgers. That's not going to happen. You're, you're not going to be – that'll never happen. And you're you're never going to get a big red machine again because free agency, it's not – it doesn't work. It's not going to work like that. It doesn't – it's not going to happen. So ultimately, I wasn't as nearly as upset as I, I think a lot of other people were about what he said now. And I just I don't heard, like the way he said it. Like, exactly, okay, that's what, what are you guys going to do? I don't like that. You're the owner of the team. Sure. Tell me what you're going to do. Give me a reason. To continue to watch this team. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm gonna watch again. Listen, I'm I saying all this. I know. And I'm telling you right now, I've already said it. I have no problem with the ownership. I don't have any problem with it at all. I get what they have to go through. It's not easy. I get it. Yeah. I think they've made some decisions that weren't very smart. I mean, did did Chapman need to be signed that that next time? I mean, Chapman was it's been Iglesias. I mean, we, we do so much, give so much money to these closers and it's proven that closer, that, that closer role is stupid. The A's could care less about it. They've been caring less about it for 25 years and that's how it should be. Yeah. Put a guy in there, get a stopper, get somebody to throw in that thing, let him be really good and then get rid of him Cause you can find another guy to throw an inning. Chad Bradford's closing games for me in you know, in a, tw- in a, yeah. in a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a season that we won 20 straight games. That's what that's what I'm saying though. It's 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 the decision making. If you this is now what you if you listen to this to this uh you know little 15 minute interview, it this is what they're gonna do now. Well then figure out how to do it correctly. Don't like I just don't want them to go in say you know and say they're gonna do this and do it for two years and then all of a sudden, you know give give jonathan india you know 200 million dollars and it's like oh geez what that, there was no point in that now if jonathan india wants to stay with the reds and you can make a you can offer him some money that's affordable for the team like what ozzy albies and and like what ronald Acuna jr did where they took way less money but they stayed together and stayed in atlanta i think they made a deal like that with eugenio suarez their first go. big deal with him yeah. yeah but those are the things like you figure out, figure out, figure it out and do it, do it smart. Be smart. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but that's your job. Sure. I mean, they've, 
They've cycled through a million guys, a million general managers because they're trying to do that. And I see, but I don't, I don't know the way. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. But sometimes what? Sometimes you're just not going to be able to catch magic in a bottle. It's really, really, really hard to do. (laughs) So you're going to, and it's way more than the general manager and it's way more than the ownership. I mean, sure. They're the big decision makers, but you have to have a lot of people. And they, the last four or five years, they've hired all these, you know, pitching experts and the guys who have, uh, I love all driveline or whatever yep, the heck it is. Line. Um, and they've, tr- they've gotten all these and it seems like they're now they're using, uh, uh, what's it called? Pitch comp. No, yep. uh, is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called, but the, the bracelet, the wristband that, that tells you the pitch throwing all that they're embracing every way they can keep evolving in being an organization and getting an advantage in some way. And figuring out, you know, hiring uh, math professors from Harvard and, you know, whatever. They're trying to do stuff, but I, I feel like they like <laughs> there's not enough credit given for some of the really good years that they had for some of the guys that came up in the system and, and were developed in the system. And maybe they're not here anymore, but that's exactly what you were talking about. That's how it works. It's going to be how it works. I said this the other day. I know I feel like I'm getting upset and we're arguing about this, but I feel basically the same way. It, it's not, it's not going to happen. We're going to have really good guys and they're going to be really fun to watch and they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen 98% of the time. Reds fans got to get used to that. I, if they're not, I don't know how they're not used to it already. Exactly. Because every That's time we do pay one of them, it doesn't work outside of Joey Votto. And people give Joey Votto more crap than anybody. And he's yeah. one of the great, he might be the greatest hitter in Reds history. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody that would disagree with that. No, I not disagree with that. That would that would not give him at least a uh, a leg in that stance. Sure, right? I mean, Pete Rose obviously is one of the greatest hitters of all time. He's four thousand two hundred and whatever, however many hits he's got. Frank Robinson's probably up. Sure, yeah, yeah. but 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 what Joey Votto has done, like it, that's that's the other thing. That's Reds fans, right? Like Joey Votto walks too much. We mean, he walks too much. He's on base all the time. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's, he's on the, base. He's got the. In Major League Baseball history, this is going back past the 1900s when, you know, they just wanted to be on base so they could steal second and third because it was so easy because catchers didn't wear gloves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ben McPhee ones that didn't start wearing a glove until it was like his second last year in baseball, and it was because his he couldn't feel his left hand anymore. I miss the stolen base. You know, it's they're trying to make it come back. They made the base bigger so you would steal. I mean, it makes sense. But anyway, the point of it is that the Reds fans, it's maybe it's Cincinnati, maybe it's just fans in general. I mean, look at the Bengals. No, the Bengals were left for dead. Nobody likes the Bengals. And then they go to the Super Bowl, and everybody's the biggest Bengals fan you ever met. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. Winning brings that on. So just I think the biggest thing for Reds fans is the constant losing is it's gotten into a pretty big rut. Don't get me wrong. They've had some teams. I know you're about to say they made it to the playoffs two years ago. So so one time and then before that, when was the last time before that? That San Francisco series with Johnny Cueto? Well, they made it in 10, 12, 13. And so 10 years years ago, and then so, so once in 10 years, it's 2022. Once in, sorry, twice, what else? Three three times. Once in the past nine years, once in the past nine years. 
since that through 13 years, since 13. So 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, eight years, once in eight years. Okay. Once in eight years. And the problem is, is it's not, they're not competitive. If you're not competitive for a year or two, I get it. You bring, you're moving people around, you're getting this, bringing people up. I think it's just, it, nobody likes losing that much. So that's why Reds fans get irritated. Nobody likes losing that much. And then when you do make it, get shut out and not score a single run. But that's then that's not on the ownership. That's not on the general manager. That's you had a team good enough to compete to, to get to the playoffs, to be one of the eight teams, or now it's 15 or whatever. One of the one of the best teams in the game that won enough games to be able to compete for to, to, to play in the playoffs, to possibly compete for a championship. You were good enough to get there. They, they put teams together to do that. It, it doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. When you look back, yes, at that point, it's the pl- the players didn't perform in those situations. It, it just and maybe they weren't as good as the other teams that they played, but they were good enough. They were good teams. I mean, they were they won the division a few years. They 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 were a wild card team a couple of times. You have to play. You have to have a good enough team. You don't have this is 162 games. If you're not very good, you're not in the playoffs. You're not doing it. I mean, yes, there are now you know, a team or two every year that are going to be a little under, that are going to be four games under 500 that make the playoffs. That's not very good. It's not very good, but it's not the bottom of the league. I mean, it's, you have to be good enough for a long enough time to where you can compete. If you, if you have won enough games to make the playoffs, you have either a good enough pitching staff or a good enough offense to compete against other teams. Uh, you just, I mean, there are going to well, be one or yeah, two teams. And that's what going to be one or two teams that have really good all of those things that everybody's not going to really be able to compete against. But I, I feel like there's just it. I just have heard too many times recently. I'm done with the Reds. They haven't won anything. That's wrong to me, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of I kind of understand Phil Castellini being. I 100% agree. He needed to say it in a different way. One time out of eight, one time they made the playoffs in eight years. And you basically just said it. If you're not in the playoffs, you're well below 500. So it's not like you're killing it. That's, it's just the constant losing. It's constant. Nobody wants to constantly lose, but it's not constant. I mean, there is constant. (laughs) You only go, you only go to the playoffs one time in eight years. Look at, half the league is in the exact same boat or worse. I'd like to see what I like to see what the, what the, how many teams are there? I bet it's definitely not half the league. You think, you think enough teams there are enough to, and actually the recently, Mets go back and forth. The Royals go back and sure. forth. What do you think? The Royals the, have been there more than the Reds have in the past 10 years. The not, Mets have been there I'll more bet, than I'll the past 10 years. I bet the Royals have been really good for two years or three years in the last 10 years. and. And that's it. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's. I feel like there's there's not enough understanding from Reds fans that this isn't just because they're not winning, not getting to the World Series in a long time, or but not. Is that it? The, is it the World Series? Or is that weird? It's not that. Like okay, it. that's not me. I don't care. I know it's not. That's you. that's that's ridiculous. There's one team out of 32 that's going to win the World Series every year, and if you in in three or four of those teams have an almost an unfair advantage due to like, like Freddie Freeman said in an interview the other day, they said, what's the difference uh, in this clubhouse? And he said, well, there's, there's a few more MVPs and Cy Young winners in here. Yeah. In one dugout. 
You know what I mean? So yeah, there's there's some unfair advantages that way. So you can't expect the Reds to like come out and win the World Series even once every 50 years. I'd be I'd be, you know, it is what it is, but it's just being a little more consistent. And they've been competitive in 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 years that just last year. They were competitive until halfway through September. I mean, they they were in contention for at least a wild card and even I think I think they were even weren't they win, weren't they leading the uh weren't they leading the division pretty late in the season or at least one of the uh, they were the top wild card team or something like that and then mm-hmm. they and then they fell way off and the Cardinals won 75 straight games but they were they 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 have there have been other seasons that they were competitive for a lot of the season and then they had a bad September or whatever no I totally agree with that it, yeah. it, it's just I, I just feel like just just totally looking at there's a difference so feel play- like feel what the feel what the Bengals did when they made the playoffs this year did you feel just making the playoffs? Did you feel that it felt the city felt different? Not not talking about winning and then going to the Super Bowl and all that. Just being in that playoff game, it was like, oh, we've got a home playoff game. This is like it felt different. The city felt different when we're in the playoffs. When you're in the playoffs, being competitive is one thing, and not making the playoffs, that's it's 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 it still leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Did the playoffs the there's no I, I understand. I'm not saying you should you should compete for a World Series every single year, but there's no reason that you can't be in the playoffs at least one out of every three to four years. You should be in the playoffs. So every single fan base feels that way. So everybody yeah. so but there aren't enough teams that make the playoffs to to satisfy. Yeah, there's 15 teams that are 16 teams that make the playoffs now. It, now that's half start, of the season. That's start, half starting the t- starting now, but you don't have an so you're just going to have to rotate different teams every year for it to, to, for it to be, there will be a lot of that because most of the league, like you said, are in the reds boat where they're going to be moving teams up and they're going to be up and down. So yeah, I, if, if that's how it's going to be, and you're going to be in that same boat as them, they're going to be up. We're going to be down. We're going to be up. They're going to be down, but it should be more consistent than once in eight years. But, but that's what I'm saying. If and the only reason they got that is be, they were the last wild card with a, extended with an extended uh playoff system added in in a shortened season because of covid but it's not like they were a bad team that made the playoffs they their pitching staff was phenomenal they they had one of uh, they were one of the three worst hitting teams in baseball so yes they were not very good but their pitching staff was good enough to compete with a lot of the best teams in the league. Hundred percent, we had one of the best pitching staffs there was that year. No, no doubt about it. But but our hitting wasn't good enough. Okay, but but that's the thing. You have you might have two teams or three teams in the whole league that have both. I'm not. At, it, it's that's fine. I'm talking like third from the bottom. Like, sure, it's not going to be that bad all the time. And it's your that's the one year we team. made the playoffs. Was that's the one year we made the playoffs? Every other year after that. It was 2013. It's not that long ago. It's before that. And it was 2012 before that. 2010 before that. 2013 was nine years ago. That's not that bad. When you're talking about making the playoffs in every... You're telling me that if you make the playoffs one time in nine years, you'd be happy with that. If they continued. So so how old are you? 40. You're 40 years old. So uh, let's say, so if the Reds were in the playoffs... Five only five times in your entire lifetime, you'd be good with that right now. 
That's less than once every nine years. I wouldn't be, but it's not, it's not feast or famine all the time. It's not like we just said it was basically feast or famine because of the way that that the that you're that the, you have to deal with the the roster turnover and and bringing guys up. You're going to have really good teams and then the teams are going to get better and then you're going to fall off and you're going to have to be famine and then you'll start to feast and then you'll be famine. It will be feast or famine. But I'm I'm saying I took that totally wrong, didn't I? That was totally. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of confused now because <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to turn around whatever words you said. I was doing whatever I could to turn the words around on you. No, but the, your your bad years aren't always going. To, you're not always going to be a twenty or thirty game below five hundred team. You're going to have some good years where you don't make the playoffs. Some decent years where you don't make the playoffs, and you have exciting exciting games and exciting. You know, you're 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 second in the division in September or you're, you know, three games back of the wild card, you, you know, that's fun. September. Or it's fun. It's, it's fun, right? Sure. Makes the season fun. Yes. But it's not, but if you're not in the playoffs in the end, there's going to be disappointment. Sure. But you can but how much disappointment are you get? You're giving up on a team that doesn't make the playoffs every three years. I mean, I, I, no chance. Okay. Why would I not giving up on them? That's what Reds fans are saying. We're not, we're not winning enough in the playoffs, so we're done with this. And they, the the ownership sucks, and the GM sucks. Get rid of everybody and keep all my favorite players, and 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 I expect everybody to win. I expect them to win all the time. Like it, if that's it the case, really then I, like I hate Reds fans. I, I feel like I'm I, arguing. I, do hate Reds I feel fans. like I'm <laughs> arguing on behalf of Reds fans, but I don't agree with that. I am trying to make a point about. I think there's a middle ground. I don't think it's 100% where you're at or 100% where they're at. I think there's a middle ground we should be trying to find somewhere. I don't think it should be we should just be good with, you know, uh, oh, oh, yeah, you remember you remember uh, 13, you know, 13, 12, 11, 10 years ago when we made the playoffs? No, those teams, I for, it's like we all forgot all about that 15 years ago, 10 years ago. That's a long time, man. My kids weren't even born. My kids weren't born. I feel like they've been alive forever. Let me ask you another baseball question. There are certain organizations. Ah, here we go. So we're just done. Are we just done? I'm kind of done with that. (laughs) Um, There are certain organizations, not all, but certain organizations. And and actually, there's probably something. The Reds used to be one. The Reds used to be one. No facial hair. Um, (laughs) I used to be one from Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) Got to get that out. So there are certain organizations that have this sort of code of conduct, code of ethics, whatever you want to call it. And it's not anything written, you know, it's, I hate to say unwritten rules because that's so overplayed in baseball. No, these are written rules. These are written rules in the organization. Maybe They are. I'll bet some of them are and some of them Yankees, Braves, apparently. I didn't know the Braves were like this, but I never really paid attention. But apparently there's quite a few. They're written rules. This is the way it's, there's the uh, 84 lumber. 84 lumber, you cannot have a beard. You cannot have hair that comes below your ears or something like that. You can't have sideburns that go below your ears. Your or your hair has to be to the neckline or something. I don't there's there's how there's and that is a, you know, that's a company. It's company policy. If you don't like it, you're not going to work there. They will fire you for having a beard. Mm-hmm. You'll get a warning or two or whatever, but they will fire you for having and yeah, so yeah, there's organizations. It's a written rule for them. Yeah. So and I'm, and I'm sure there are some things that aren't even written, but they're like sort of expected that that guys in the in the 
in the clubhouse are going to enforce just because it's we want to you know have this standard uh for maybe specific things or just an overall standard that is a little bit more clean cut or a little bit more whatever it is than other organizations so this whole this is a couple weeks old now but freddie freeman and Ronald Acuna Jr. in an interview said something about he's not going to miss Freddie Freeman because he uh, because he disagreed with the way he was kind of giving him a hard time. And he went back later and said, it was just in my rookie year. Everything's fine. Don't cover the A of the Atlanta Braves hat with with sunglasses. Can't cover that. I love that because why take sunglasses out on the field if you're not wearing them? Put well, sunglasses on. I totally agree with that. I hate when people do that. You but see that, outfielders do that all the time. Put put sunglasses. I know it's a different story, but I can't stand when an outfielder walks out to the outfield with sunglasses on their hat and then a ball gets hit in the air and they're having trouble because they're trying to use their glove to shade the sun. You got sunglasses on top of your head, ding dong. Right. Put them on. I, but I that's not the point of the Braves. The Braves is right. you don't cover up the A. You don't cover up the A. Um, you don't wear eye black all down your face I, I i think it sounds to me like they can wear some eye black but it's got to be the standard mm-hmm. just under the eye or whatever that's Kudo. too bad because i really like that when people do like the, like the crazy stuff i know you probably don't but i i don't care uh, and then uh there was another one that i'm trying to i'm trying to remember but anyway it, it was those kinds of things that, earrings jewelry earrings yes yes uh, yeah, and I think maybe hair might have been part of that too. I think you might may, may have not been able to have a certain length of hair or whatever. Um, and so Ronald Acuna Jr., who who most people praise now because he's all about all of that kind of stuff, and that's the flash, and that's the stuff that everybody's like, hey, we got to have that in baseball now to get to get young kids and interested in this thing. But organizationally, in Atlanta, they had things again they had rules against that freddie freeman who i'm sure heard the same thing when he first started from chipper jones or whoever whoever the leaders were the veterans were in that locker room told him so then he was in that position where he had to make sure the younger guys know hey this is the way things are supposed to be done here this is what is expected of us this is what has to happen everybody's being held to the same standard here okay Ronald Acuna Jr. didn't like that. I'm sure it's, the rules are probably different now. I'm not even sure. I have to watch a Braves game and see if anybody's got sunglasses on top of their hat. But um, so he mentioned that he wasn't wasn't too thrilled, or sounded like at first he kind of said, uh, "I'm not going to miss Freddie Freeman because we didn't have a great relationship or something like that." It sounded like he was sort of getting that way, and then once that got a lot of attention, he's like, "Well, I didn't really mean like that." And Freddie Freeman came back and said. I love Ronald Acuna Jr. There was nothing there. It was just, I just had to do what I was expected to do. That's what we have to do in Atlanta. The guys, I was a veteran. He was the young guy, came in. I had to let him know how things are done. What is your take? Because I know we've had a million conversations on this podcast about all that kind of stuff. The flash, the whatever, the way they play, the way they look, everything now is different than it used to be. What is your take on those kinds of rules still in 2022, 2020, 18, even still being in, uh, in either the rule books or just generally accepted as the rules. Cause it's always the way it's been in clubhouses. Um, I'm, I'm 
I'm fine with it as long as everybody knows what's, what the deal is. I feel like is you walk in, you go, look, here's the deal. You play for me. Uh, Cause this is a, I, I, I feel like I, I got no problem with it. We have, we play with a little more integrity here, right? You, 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 you practice like you play, right? So, you know, if you, if you, if we uh, exude a, a certain amount of, um, or I don't, I don't know what the word is, but if you, if you show up to work and you look ready to go all the time, then you'll be ready to go. But if you show up in, like Freddie Freeman was saying before, like, like they on the road, you don't wear tennis shoes. There's no tennis shoes when you're on the road, traveling, coming to and from the game. He had a pair of like really nice Gucci something shoes. Did you hear this thing? No. Anyway, so and he was explaining an, an example that happened to him, where a guy, where a veteran came up to him and said, "No, no, 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 those you you don't wear." He goes, "I'm not playing tennis in these." He's like, "No, no, you don't understand. You got to have a heel." He said, "Well, the only pair of shoes I had that had a heel on them was uh, he, he was in some guy's wedding from the team, and they all wore." Uh, cowboy boots. He's a, so I just wore my cowboy boots to every when I was on the road. That's but that's what it is. You had to have a heel. I got a heel. Cowboy bat, boots had a heel. That's what I wore. That's it's part of. But you, when everybody's on the same page and everybody's doing that, then you, then the whole team is on the same page. But when there are certain people that are a little overboard here, and there are certain people that that are less like that over here, it separates a dugout. It separates the team. When you are all in it together and doing the same things as a team, you become tighter as a team. So I'm fine with all that stuff. I'm totally fine with it. Now, some of it I think might be a little overboard. Like, you know, I, I mean, there are certain things that maybe, you know, I might do it differently. But if that's how they're going to do it, I, I have no problem with that. If I made Major League Baseball team and I'm a young rookie and they said, look, this is how we do it, you better believe I'm going to do exactly what they say. Including if you are a generational talent like Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, and hundred percent, and I would be even more. It's even more important for somebody like that to do it because you're setting an example. Here's the deal: this is what the team does, and as soon as this is how our team does it, this is what we do to stay uh, together as a team. This is what we do to be one, so we're all kind of one. And then all of a sudden, you stray away from it you're a once in a lifetime generational talent that is now allowing people to think that go against the norm is totally cool. Now you're against your team. You've done something to be uh, to, you've done something to, um, to show up the team. Some would think from that team might think that you, you, and, and that's not good. I don't care if you're a once in a generational talent. I'm uh, look at that. That doesn't mean that I want you on my team. Then I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of really good players. That if I'm coaching and you're a piece of crap, I don't care if you're the greatest thing. I, you could be, you could be Ken Griffey Jr., but if you're a piece of crap, I don't want you on my team. I would rather have a because that's one player. That's one player. How many how many World Series does Ken Griffey Jr. have? And I don't mean this like Ken Griffey Jr. is an asshole because Zero. I don't I don't mean it like that. No, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is just because you're a generational talent doesn't doesn't bring me rings doesn't do that right. But look what the Braves organization did for so long. They were the the epitome of greatness throughout the 90s and even in, you know, up and down throughout the 2000s. They only won one World Series. So, yeah, but they won a lot of playoffs. <laughs> they, they were in the playoffs constantly. 
right? What did I say? They're in the, I don't care about the Reds fans are stupid for thinking you're going to win the world series constantly. They're in the playoffs constantly and winning constantly. Yep. But that's, that's who they were. And they, that, that that's, I would rather have that than have some, you know, Fernando. T- I'm not, I see if I say, feel like if I say somebody's name that I'm saying they're terrible. I'm just saying and a once in a generation, let's do it this way. Uh, uh, Babe Ruth, you know what I mean? Like if Babe Ruth is the greatest player to ever play the game, but he's a complete asshole and is purposely doing things that I'm telling him not to do as a coach or as an organization, I don't want him. Go find somewhere else to play. I'll, br- I'll put a team together to come beat you somewhere else. But if you, especially now, if that's going to detract great players – if you have those same rules now and Ronald Acuna, as soon as his first free agency comes up, he's like, I am finished. I'm sick of these stupid rules. I want to wear my hair how I want to wear it. I want to wear any shoes I want to wear. I want to, I want to wear 15 gold chains hanging out of my jersey all the time. I want to wear my jersey. This that's the other thing is buttoned halfway or three quarters of the way down. It seems like some of these guys do that. I don't know. I don't know why. But um I want to be able to do anything I want. I want to wear, I want to cover my whole face and my neck and my arms in, in eye black. I want to do that. They're not going to let me, they're not going to let me do that. I'm the best player in baseball, their loss. Yeah. And, and you say that happens a couple of times, say Freddie Freeman was like that too. And he didn't want to stick around. You are going to, you might eventually get together a, a good enough team to be good, but you're missing out on supreme talent. Has that happened? Yeah, but I need to. I need. I need to know if that's happened before. I don't know that that's necessarily happened before. Ozzy, I, I mean, uh, Ronald Kenny Jr. signed an extension on his contract. He signed a free agent contract before he was ever. He was still arbitration eligible, and he signed a contract with this team. Same rules apply. Do you think I, I, I think hypothetically could couldn't you see that I, being a thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I think it's it's still a team. There's still, you know, what 20 what they got now? 27 guys, 26 guys yeah. used to be 25 man roster now. It's plus a taxi squad. Yeah. Plus a bus I mean, it's token it's squad. still it's still a team. You one player doesn't win anything for you. You have to have a team. And if you have a player that is toxic on your team and is not following the rules and is pushing other people. I'm not saying anything like that, but would be doing that hypothetically is an organization. I would rather, I'd rather get rid of him and, and bring on a group of guys to come out and win because, because I'm going to bring these guys in and they're going to mold and they're going to be one. I got to step ahead of them. I'm a step ahead of whoever that guy goes to, because he's going to go somewhere else and something else is going to annoy him. No matter where he goes, and that when you don't have a happy clubhouse, you usually don't have a. Usually, your team does not succeed very well. Yeah, and, and there are exceptions to that because I, I think you hear it a lot in like college basketball too. Is we recruit character guys number one. Sure, and it's it's and not that you're if you wear chains or whatever, not that your character stinks, but if you but if you no, the point is is if you're against the rules and you're and right. you're going to and you are going to go into free agency because of the rules of this team, but I don't know that I need to know if that's ever happened before to know in what team it happened to, to see if that's really a thing. I mean, the Yankees 
bring guys in and they shave their face off as quick as you can shave it off. And it was unfortunate when Randy Johnson did that. He needs some facial hair. He needs, well, he kept his mustache, which, you know, <laughs> is what it is. But Johnny Damon, Johnny Damon had the biggest beard anybody in baseball. Whip, he ripped that thing off right away. It's, that's the thing, man. It's, it, and, and I think baseball's a little different too. Baseball, the game of baseball is, just, is a little bit different. There's, there's nine guys out on the field. You know what I mean? And I mean, football does the same thing. I mean, you can't even have your towel hang very low, a certain length off of your uniform. In I think the those NFL. are league rules. Yeah. Those are league. They are league rules, but, but it, it all goes into the same thing. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm totally fine. With it. I'm totally fine with it. I think I wish more organizations did stuff like that. I don't know how far you have to go, but I, you know, <clears throat> look, man, we all wear suits. We all wear, you know, you know, we do, we wear this when we're on the road, we do this. It's, it's regimented. It's, 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 it's organizational. It's <coughs> sorry. Um, it's what, you know, you talk about uh, baseball players being, or just athletes in general being um, uh, what's it called? Like I tie my shoe the same way every single time. Um, what's that called? Um uh, not tradition, but, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You got a loss for it too, right? You know what I'm talking about there, right? <laughs> routine maybe, or well, it uh, is a routine. It becomes a routine. And when you're in a routine, you do things right. But if things are always different and you got one guy wearing the craziest looking thing you ever seen in your life or something goofy, it's just, I don't, I'm fine with it. I, I know that whole blabbering I just did for the last two minutes made no sense, but a lot of people think it's really stupid, even going all the way back. Cause the biggest guy that's ever done this is John Wooden at UCLA for 20 years. He, you couldn't have any facial hair. You couldn't have your hair. The, one of my favorite stories about Bill Walton at UCLA was he started growing a beard and, and uh, he, he showed up to, um, to practice one day with a beard going and, and coach Wooden said, uh, Bill, uh, I need you to shave. I need you to shave. You're not supposed to have any facial hair. You know that. He said, Coach, uh, I, I feel like this is rep, you know, this represents who I really am. I this, you know, I I stand for a certain thing and this is this is me. This is who I am. I don't think I'm hurting anybody. And he said, Bill, uh, you're an incredible val valuable member of this team, and we're really gonna miss you. And Bill Walton went went to his dorm and shaved and came back to practice. And uh, so yeah. But it works for some. It doesn't work for some that the Reds relaxed their facial hair policy to be able to sign Greg Vaughn. <laughs> right? Remember that? Yep. Um, so certainly for the right people, rules are changed and things I like mean, that. I mean, yeah, if you're, you know, you talk about once in a generation. I mean, yeah, there's – but but if you're a once in a generation talent and you're going to throw a fit over something silly like that. So – but. I guess the thing is, that's for somebody being signed in. You're talking about somebody being signed to the team. I'm talking. We're we're now talking about somebody that's a young player coming up in the team. I, I think either way. I mean, well, you, he Greg Vaughn might not have signed with the Red. Maybe maybe he would have made the decision to sign with somebody else if he's like, "This is my facial hair. I'm keeping this. I, you'll never see this face shaved again. You will never see me mm -hmm. without a beard again ever in my life." Okay. I just shaved mine last night. It looks back, good. Went back to the that. goatee. No, it looks terrible. I hate it. I really? need to go back to the beard. I like Once, the beard. I'm just on used you. to it now. I'm just used to it. I like it the now. beard on you, yeah. but you're good. You're good yeah, there I got too. Got a fat face now. 
<laughs> I that's why I, I hate my face without anything on it. I have to I have to hide it. So anyway, but Ronald Acuna still having a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth now, four years from the, apparently the time that he came up and Freddie Freeman approached him about, look, you can't be doing all this stuff. This is these are the rules. This is the way we do it here. Sorry, that's the way it is. And him saying so in an interview, like, hey, I'm not going to miss Freddie Freeman. He gave me a hard time about following the rules. I found the interview on the Instagram live thing that was done, and there's no – I couldn't find anywhere where they translated it into English. Mm -hmm. He definitely looked like he was kind of giving it the old shrug it off, like, he kept going with this, like, and then he started talking about eye black. He was going like this, and he was talking about this with the sunglasses over the over the A and he was making hands. But I don't, I don't know the tone. I don't know exactly what was said because I can't, I don't speak that language. I couldn't find the, I couldn't find it anywhere with the translation. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. There, there was, apparently there's an ESPN reporter, I think that kind of translated a, a lot of it. Um, but anyway, so that was the gist of it at least. And uh, apparently things are fine and they both have complimented each other through the media and stuff now, but just an interesting thing I I I felt like because I I was with you I didn't realize the the Braves had those things mm-hmm. um so I don't know uh, just kind of an interesting thing okay so we have uh, spoken a lot longer than than we were expecting to on those things so listen the NBA playoffs are basically going on right now the play-in games have yeah, been over the last two over the last two nights Friday will be the matchups to see who's going to be in the eighth spot we will go over next week we will go over all the matchups in the nba playoffs they'll already be going on for a few days but so what we'll be we'll be a little bit into the playoffs doesn't matter none of the series will be over by then we'll go over all those then i would i would like to talk to you now about miss taylor tomlinson okay is that okay you want to do that before we do uh our mount rushmore no, I would like to talk to you first. I, you didn't let me finish. Oh, sorry. I, I w- <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, no, I certainly made a mistake there. I would like to talk first about uh, the Mount Rushmore of sandwiches. I, maybe part two, maybe part one. I, I for some reason there's something that's part two. Me. It's part two because we did we had the uh, bologna. Remember when you came over for the bologna sandwich? Was that Fried bologna that? sandwich? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I was making my list and fried bologna sandwich was on it. <laughs> okay, so so maybe we've done this before, but it's always interesting, like we talked about last week. Look, we could do another – we could do this again tomorrow, yep. and my list might be different Exactly. Tomorrow. Okay. Exactly. So what is your top four sandwiches? So uh, what are your four top sandwiches? Number one is, is, is something I haven't had in quite a while. Um, unfortunately, because I usually get into grooves with this where like, I'll make one for myself and then I'll be like, it's constant. Like for the next three months, I'll have two a day, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh, I was always a real light peanut butter guy, heavy jelly. And then I started going heavy peanut butter, heavy jelly. Mm-hmm. I'm not a light jelly guy. I need a lot of jelly cause I'm not a peanut butter guy. So definitely a heavy peanut butter, heavy jelly. I, I put my peanut butter on like I put my mayo, man. I don't want to see any piece of the bread at all. Same with the jelly. I don't want to see bread underneath it. I don't, I don't want to. There should be no, no uh, translucent uh, uh, jelly that I can see through. 
I need it thick. You want that thick jelly, huh? Yes. I need that thick jelly. Um, number two is, uh, well, we'll go with the one I already said, is the fried bologna and cheese sandwich. Ain't nothing better than that. You get that a little bit of garlic, a little bit of garlic salt on the outside of that bad boy. Butter, all butter fried in butter. Got to be fried. The the It has to be, sorry, the bread has to be toasted in butter. That's the best part. So not just put bread in a toaster and then fry your bologna and put it on the bread. No, 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 no. You have to put butter on one side of the bread, each side of the bread, put those on first. Okay. And then flip those over. Once they get there, put your mayo on your bread and while it's frying the backside, then pull that off, fry your bologna. Well, then pick that, put it on there with your cheese, boom, fried bologna and cheese, a little bit of garlic salt. Delicious. Uh, Reuben. I'm a huge Reuben guy. I love Reuben's Mr. Reuben from elder. Uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. He's a great guy too. Uh, so love the Reuben love. Uh, yeah. So there's that. And then last and most definitely not least, ah, man, see, I wanted to go just like something typical and just say like ham and cheese or something like that. But I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go with the, uh, just the, the standard Italian sub. I love an Italian sub. Okay. Plenty of different meats on there. Lettuce, tomato, onion. Hard to mess up an Italian sub. It's a good, 100%. good sandwich. Yep. All right. That's a good list. Um, I'm going to go make it easy. Number one, peanut butter and jelly for me. No no doubt about it. Peanut butter and jelly. I had feel like I had a peanut butter and jelly every day in my life for the first 16 years of it or something like that. And can I say something real quick about peanut butter and jelly? If you eat peanut butter, sa- peanut butter sandwiches, I don't like it. <laughs> really yeah I, I you got if you're not eating pb and j if you don't put jelly on that thing or just don't tell me that you do <laughs> i feel like it's still good yeah of course i'm gonna put something else with the peanut butter but but i so people put peanut butter and a lot of different things on there i i think i don't know if you did for if that was just me at the edwards house and we did peanut butter and honey um, I didn't. I, I ain't never do that. I did. We did peanut butter and honey from time to time. I Aunt Peggy delicious. used to. Aunt Peggy used to ask us what we wanted. One time, I thought it was funny. I think I've told the story before. I thought it was funny, and I told her I wanted peanut butter jelly and mayonnaise. Oh. And she made me one, and I, I ate it. Okay. Well, that was out on. That was on. Uh, that was out on uh, McHenry. McHenry. Yeah. Mm, good call. Yeah. Same with the peanut butter and honey. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. Number two, I'm going. Basically the same when you were explaining how to make a fried bologna yeah. and cheese sandwich, grilled cheese. Oh, grilled cheese, just the basic same old. thing. So basically, my fried bologna sandwich is is a grilled cheese with fried bologna. Bologna, that's yeah. all it is. Get the bologna out of there for me. Grilled cheese, delicious. You can even throw on a different meat. You can throw on now. You can throw on some bacon, ham, something like maybe a little bacon, ham. Yeah. I would say bacon's probably my favorite meat to go on a grilled cheese, but. Just a plain grilled cheese. Are you a crispy bacon guy, or you like it a little rubbery? I like crispy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I love when people burn bacon and like you walk into somebody's. I've had it happen multiple times. Walk into somebody's house afternoon, and they just got bacon sitting around, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, I burned some bacon." But there's a couple good pieces in there if you want it. Oh no, I want that burnt piece. I mean, that burnt. <laughs> Look at that charcoal bacon. I don't like anything burnt. I don't like any. I don't like any black on any of my stuff. But I, I, I do like a well-done bacon. I got you. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Number three, I'm going with a, a just like a deli turkey sandwich. So, <laughs> but here's the thing: I don't get it at the deli. I get all the the ingredients, and I was making these for a couple of years. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever done in food preparation in my life. It's just you know whole wheat bread. It's turkey, just deli turkey from the yep, deli at yep. the store. Nothing fancy. Uh, slice of cheese, slice of American cheese. You're going mustard. You're going pickles. Another slice of turkey on top of that. This is all in order now. And then the bread on top of that. I like that. It's still del- it's, it's delicious. Delicious. I, I love any any kind of sandwich where you know exactly how you put it together. Yeah, that's yeah. legit. I, I the first time I made that, I was like, I can't believe. I made this in my kitchen. Yeah. Not that it was any oh, sort probably, of probably, you know, Guy Fieri was probably getting ready to come do a little diner dive in and dive in, in Schmidt house on. <laughs> yeah. I always do the same thing. I can't ever remember. Yeah. Diners, drive-ins, drive-ins and divers, and, uh, <laughs> you know, scuba divers, drive through diners, diners, drive throughs and dashes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, last but not Dive. least, I'm glad you said you mentioned the, Italian sub. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure if you were going to let me have this one. This is sort of a a sub too. The grilled club. Club sandwich, right? You get a club sandwich almost anywhere. At Penn Station specifically, that's what I get. You you get the grilled. You get it. You get it grilled. I can't believe I didn't think about a Philly cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak. Oh, my gosh. That was on my old one. I'm sure. You know what? I'm taking the... uh, that's not coming off. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm taking the I'm taking the Italian sub off and putting putting a uh, Philly cheesesteak from Penn Station on there. Philly banana peppers, onions, mushrooms, mayo. Philly greater than sign Italian. Yes. Nice equation. So grilled club specifically at Penn Station because um, I don't know that I've had a grilled club anywhere else to be honest with you. But that's, yeah, so that's for, the one for years. I was every single time pizza sub guy at Penn Station. The one really? for some reason one time I tried the grilled club, have not have not gone away from it since. I have never. I don't. I I'm pretty sure I've never had any other sandwich from Penn Station except a Philly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's got to be their highest. Seller. I mean, once I once I had that in my my taste buds, felt the pure joy and ecstasy that came with it. It was. It was never going anywhere else. I can't walk. I've walked into places. I've walked in like Subway or Subway or where you. I always get the same sandwich there or at Penn Station or Jersey Mike's. And you look up there and you're like, you know what? I think I might try the uh, teriyaki, blah, 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 blah. And then they say, what can I get for you? You know, uh, I'll do a uh, giant Philly cheesesteak, banana peppers, mushrooms, onions, the whole, all that stuff with mayo. 100%. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the menu every yeah. time. Like, come on, man, try something new. Do something, man. Life. Do something different. Grilled club, small for me. Small grilled club, fifteen cookies, uh, and that'll do it. Uh, okay, you know who talked about joy and ecstasy and whatever yeah. other adjectives you just said there? Yeah, Taylor Tomlinson did. She talked a lot about that kind of stuff. And Taylor, her, yeah, uh, in, in her uh, special called "Look at You." And uh, this is on Netflix, just came out in the last few weeks here. And um, so we watched originally, I don't remember what episode we talked about this on, but we watched her first special that was on Netflix, Quarter Life Crisis. Uh, if I remember right, I know that I liked it a lot. I'm pretty sure you did too. Yeah, I think I did. 
Um, I, think, I think I think I had it just you know a little. I, I wasn't phenomenal or anything, but I had it as I gave it a good a good score. I should have looked back and, and found out what we said there. Um, <laughs> I, so uh, anyway, Taylor Tomlinson is is back up here. That that was two or three years ago, I think, that Quarter Life sure. Crisis came out. So she has another two or three years of of comedy experience under her belt. We've seen people that start out. And usually it takes 10 years to get some recognition and get good enough to get your special and get people to really know who you are and that kind of thing. She can't be 10 years in yet. She's only like 28 now. Yeah. Um, but let me hear. Let me hear what you thought about. No, no, I went first on mine. You go ahead. Continue. I am going to say something that you might think I'm an insane person for maybe not insane. You're in love with this. You're in love with this woman. Here's the thing. I just think she is a superstar in the making. You think so? I think she's going to be one of the best comedians in, I don't know. She's already really, really, really good and really funny to me. I just the way, I don't know. There's something about now, look, she, and, and most comedians do this because they talk about their, real life and that's a lot of for a lot of them they have trauma and that's the way they get through it that's the way they deal with it they talk about it on stage she has a lot of like a lot of comedians for some reason we've been listening to lately yeah, yeah. Uh, some some mental illness she's got uh, you know depression severe depression and anxiety and uh bipolar disorder she finds well, she out. found that out because of her anxiety and depression right. she she just googled her medicine she was taking because she was feeling pretty good and she's like oh and then she found out she was taking bipolar medicine. So she, right. that's, that was a really good joke, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just watching her and listening to her. And it just, I don't know, like there are certain words or certain times when she says something or kind of changes the direction of the joke that I think it's good. She just does comedy very well, I think, already. She, I, I agree with that. She's got the timing down. She's got pace, her pace and all the stories she tells and the way she tells them her she'll, she pauses at the right time. She doesn't jump out and try to try to start before the, the audience are done clapping, or laughing or anything. She I totally agree with that. Her her stage presence and everything like that is very, very good. And I feel like she's a really good joke writer. I really feel like she's a very good joke writer. Uh, just you know, I only wrote down a few things, but there was a lot of stuff. I was like, man. And look, I'm not belly laughing the whole time or anything like that. No. But I was, I was more admiring. You were impressed her. with the with the art of comedy, and I think she genuinely is a funny person. I really feel like she's funny. I think the last one was funnier than this. Do you really? <clears throat> I think so. I liked the special. She still did an amazing job, but I think the last one was funnier than this. Not uh, saying that that's bad because the last I think the last one was good too. Yeah, uh, one of the things she said I think it was her her friend who I think actually was her opener in that you didn't see him but mm-hmm. uh, he was in the credits because uh, she said my friend Dustin and that's that that's what that guy's name was who opened for your mental illness was like your middle name I didn't uh, I didn't know what it was but I knew you had one. <laughs> uh, and that was that was okay uh she talked chocolate covered raisins when we were talking about so talking about the couples so good um i'm so sorry there should be a rewards program for frequent callers on the suicide hotline (laughs) um but i think my maybe my favorite joke was every guy i've ever dated told me i had trust issues 
which is something liars say when you're on. <laughs> I really like that one. You like that because you feel that same way. <laughs> I've, I've maybe felt that way. I maybe felt that way. Okay. No. Um. Anyway, I don't know, man. I was just really impressed. Uh, last week we talked about earthquake, and I think we were both pretty impressed with that special. Mm-hmm. I gave him a four point four, and I was right there with Taylor Tomlinson. I gave her a four point four, and I was like. This could be 4.5, maybe 4.6. Wow. Yeah. I gave I went ahead with a 4.4. Wow. 4.4. The quarter at earthquake level. I gave I gave her a 3.7, which is good. It's that's really good. I thought about giving her closer to a four. And I don't know why I pulled it back. I think it's because I didn't find myself cracking up the whole time. Like I said, the, it was really good. It was good. It was good. And a lot of the stories are longer and there's little things inside of them. And she did a good job where you're just like <laughs> You, know, you kind of you're you're getting the little smile, and then when she gets to it, it's good. She she finishes very well. I thought the whole it didn't feel mechanical. It didn't feel like awkward. She did a really good job, and she crossed the line a few times. That was kind of fun for me too. Yeah. I love I like when they cross the line. When she looks at him, she's like, "All right, if you guys aren't prepared for this, I've got six more dead minutes of dead mom dead jokes." Mom. We got six more minutes of dead mom jokes. She's like, I'm just putting it out there for you. So you're ready to go. Well, by the end of it, you'll forget she was dead. And then she turns around. And she goes, huh? you forgot, didn't you? There was something. There was a part of that that made me laugh pretty hard. And I, I was going to write it down. And I think I, I was doing something else while I was watching or something. I was like, and I forgot to write it down. So I can't remember it exactly. But that was there was some really funny stuff. There. She's, like, she's like, it worked out. I would have been a. A teacher or something like that and she's like instead she's in heaven and i'm on netflix <laughs> that was good that was, that was very cool. good yeah. all right uh, no but i thought it was good i i mean maybe my 3.7 is a little low for how i act. i don't know i'm not changing it i'm, I'm not changing. i do it to you no 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 100 percent. not I'm changing it. changer I'm, yep. I'm like i'm so easily influenced anything <laughs> you say i'm like <laughs> Oh, maybe I should. Yeah, maybe I should have thought about it. only on only on these because I can't get you to change your mind at all about the Reds. <laughs> we think the same way about the Reds. Yeah, we really do. Uh, okay, so so good on Taylor Tomlinson. I thought that was a great special. I can't. I really am excited to see how she develops as a as a comedian. Yeah. Over the next three five years, especially into her thirties, that's when really most people pop. You know. Yep. Except for like you know your Chappelle's and a few a few guys, but. Uh, man, yeah, I think she's really good. I think she's really funny, and and I I can't wait to see. As a matter of fact, by the way, yeah, I may be seeing her live coming up in June. Where are they? Where's she going to be at? She's going to be on Burt Kreischer's tour. Burt Kreischer, Dave Attell, Taylor Tomlinson, Sal Volcano, um, 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 um a couple other huge wow. headliner, Big J Okerson. What? Coming to Dayton, I bought tickets. I have tickets to see all of those. It, those people, all of those people aren't guaranteed to be there, but those are all people that are touring with him as like within the cities they can be at on those weekends. Oh my God. I would love to see oh Big Jay Okerson. Me too. That's I pre- besides Man, if it tells there, I'll be the most excited about that. But yeah. besides him, Big Jay Okerson will be my number one guy that I'm excited to see. Wow. You know who my least excited to see is on that of all those people? <laughs> Probably Burt Kreischer. It's his tour. <laughs> it's his tour. No, I like Burt, but uh, yeah, he's oh, man. He's he's that's the thing. He's he's maybe even a better promoter 
than oh yeah, hundred percent comedian. I that mean, dude works his butt off when it comes to the podcast and getting his name out there and and really pushing the craziness that is the no shirt Burt Kreischer yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited for that. Um, so, all right. So we have for next week. You have a comedy special to pick. I have a. I have a Mount Rushmore to pick, and I think I, I'm. I think this sounds like such a simple thing for a Mount Rushmore Mm -hmm. that maybe we've done it before, but I kind of don't, I think it's so broad and it's going to be so hard that I think we haven't done this specifically. Okay. Mount Rushmore of songs. Whoa. Yeah. Cause we've done like hip hop and we've done different things like that, but just songs in general, your four top four favorite songs. You don't have to say them now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're thinking about it, which is what we both do every time we come up with a. Wow. It's going to be very hard. Here's the thing. Four. Don't, it's four. Top four songs. Man. To have to. And if you're like me, you are going to rack your brain and you're like, you, you put way more into this than it, there's actually. I'm going to forget matters. something. Yeah. It, it, it's like this doesn't matter at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> you're right. But but I'm like, like yes I'll be th- yeah but I can't I can't put that song ahead of that I can't leave this song out of yeah, it yeah but do I like this song better than that do I like it better no maybe I don't do I- see I'm gonna have to listen to a bunch of songs now because a lot of times what I would judge this on is I'll be listening to a song and it'll be a really good song and then I'll be listening I'll be like oh my god I just love this song it's one of the best songs ever and I'm listening to it and I'm like oh man they kind of carry this chorus out too long are they just is this song ever going to end they just say the same thing over the chorus keeps going over and over and over and over and over like i get annoyed by that sometimes so it's like all right i need to i need to really hone in and listen to these and if i can listen to the whole song be like oh my god i forgot how much i love that yeah i'm in yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be hard but that's what we'll do and and then we have a comedy special yeah, All right. So then I have to do the comedy special. Uh, I'm just going to go right here. And, um, brand new one just came out uh, last few days. Ronnie Chang. Yes. Speak easy. We did a Ronnie Chang before, didn't we? Yes, we did. And it was way better. Wow. I remember it being like thinking it was going to be something crazy. And it was way better than I thought it was going to really, be. Uh, I want to say Asian American. That's what a- it was. Asian comedian destroys America or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. Yeah. He's talking Weird. about the napkins. That was the guy who was yes. talking about the napkins. Hundred percent. This dude is. I hope this is as funny and as good as the last one. And you notice Netflix is doing a lot of this where they're signing these comedians to two or three time deals, right? They yeah. started with Jay Ch- with Jay Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, Jason Chappelle. <laughs> Big J. Big J Chappelle. <laughs> Big J Chappelle. <laughs> That's a great comedian. Right there. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Wow. Talk about two different looks. Good <laughs> night. Um, but no, 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 no. It started with Dave Chappelle with that five special deal that he that he did. And then you see Taylor Tomlinson just did it. You've had uh, you've got this is Ronnie Chang's second one. There's been a few others that have had boom, boom. In, the, in like two, three years, they've had two specials come out pretty quick to each other, mm-hmm. which is uh, what's his name? I was just looking at him. Tom Segura, I think, was maybe another yep. guy. Segura was one. Uh, yeah, another guy. Uh, I was just looking at him. Nate Bargatze yeah. was one. Um, there's there's quite a few of them. So, anyway. Yeah. 
all right, good. I was, I, I saw that too. And I was like, man, the first one was fantastic. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was, I was figuring one of us would do that pretty so soon. So Ronnie Chang speakeasy. That's the one I'm going to go with. I'm excited. Very excited about that. Adam, it is late. You've done a really good job of making the last 20 minutes of this segment go quick. We'll talk about the NBA at a later date. I apologize for rambling about the Reds for as long as we did, but that's basically what this was, was uh, Reds fans suck. Um, so, uh, yeah, until next time, don't forget to turn your headlights on.